Hello, I'm Amy Fuller, two-time Olympian, author, broadcaster and proud host of the British Heart Foundation's TCS London Marathon podcast series, The Race Is On. The BHF are thrilled to have been chosen as the TCS London Marathon's Charity of the Year 2022. And in this special series, I will be speaking to a whole host of guests who are the key success of this incredible event. I'll be chewing the fat with runners and researchers, speaking top tips with the BHF support squad and finding out things like what is Mr. Motivator's favourite running song? And how does an organisation even get chosen to be a charity partner? I hope you find these interviews as fascinating as I did. And whether you're running for the BHF this year or just cheering from the sidelines, we thank you for your support. Now, on with the show. Hello. In today's episode, we get to meet one of the incredible people running as a part of Team BHF and find out why they've decided to take on this epic challenge. And later on, we will be hearing from man of the moment, Professor Sanjay Sinha. Sanjay will be telling us all about his groundbreaking research that the marathon money will be helping to fund and also how he's finding his training with only a few weeks to go. First up, I'd like to welcome Maria Keane, part of Team BHF, to the podcast. Maria, welcome. Hi, Amy. Thank you very much. Hi. <laughs> so I've got to ask, how are you feeling with just a few weeks to go before the big day? Um, such a, a roller coaster of emotions, a mixture of like nerves, excitement, but just really looking forward to representing the British Heart Foundation on the day. Nice. So, so good to hear. Now, it's fair to say you've completed a few enduring physical challenges. But when it comes to the TCS London Marathon for the BHF, this is just one of the challenges in a series of events that you're doing. Tell us what you've been up to. So, so far, um, it started off um, last year with running the Brighton Marathon. Earlier this year, I did the 100-mile cycle ride um, London-Essex. And then a week before London Marathon this year, I'm going to be running Berlin Marathon for the British Heart Foundation. Wow. And then it'll finish off next September with the two-mile swim serpentine. So I can do like the London Classic for the British Heart Foundation. And then I can rest. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. (laughs) Brutal. Do you find uh, taking part in the other disciplines, so the swimming, the cycling, complements your running? I do, yeah, because I find um, they they all kind of work nicely together to sort of strengthen and condition different areas of the body. Um, and being asthmatic, I find the swimming and the cycling really helps with my running. That's incredible to hear you're asthmatic and you're able to complete such incredible in- endurance feats. Um, what was your inspiration behind fundraising for the BHF initially? I know you had some very personal reasons, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so back in 2007, we lost my grandma to heart failure. That was kind of a bit of a shock to the family. And I wanted to do something that would challenge me, but to also make her proud of me. And I came up with the crazy idea of that. I want to run the London Marathon, applied for a charity place with the British Heart Foundation and ran in 2008. And that was it. 
Um, and then more recently, um, my husband, Jason, had a heart attack in 2018 after battling cancer, which resulted him in having a triple heart bypass. Uh, I'm so, so sorry to hear. It's shocking. He was just 31 at the time, which is so young. Yeah. Um, can you describe the events leading up to that shocking time? Yeah, um, a few days before we took him to a he was getting some chest pains and we just put it down to like after effects of chemotherapy and radiotherapy from his cancer treatment. But it kept getting worse. So when we took him to the hospital, they ran tests and when they said he'd had a heart attack, it was kind of a bit of a, oh, crikey, you know, he's been through so much already. They admitted him to the hospital straight away. While he was there, they fitted a stent and then transferred him up to a London hospital where he had the triple bypass. And after all that he'd already been through, it was, it was a lot to take in. And at the time, I really thought I was going to lose him. But when he was in our local hospital, he had a British Heart Foundation nurse that, that came around and saw him. And she was fantastic. She was really kind, caring, um, explained everything in like, terms that we could understand. And um, she said, you know, if we need anything, she, she's there for us to help us along the journey. And I'll, I'll just be forever thankful for her for that. After he'd had his surgery, he attended a series of classes that were run by um, local physiotherapists. He took part in a um, series of exercise classes and education classes. And I felt they helped give him back like, some confidence because after going through quite a scary situation and to let him know that he wasn't in it alone and to, to meet up with other people that have been in similar situations to him. I can imagine now having you know him witness all of the training yeah. and all of the the work you've put into this series of challenges that you're undertaking he feels a, a sense of immense pride will he be down there on the day at the London Marathon cheering you on definitely I mean, J Jason always lets me know how proud he is of me he's my biggest cheerleader my number one supporter and he's always there for me with like words of motivation encouragement and when the going gets tough and I feel like I can't do this he'll say you know put on your big girl pants you can do this and I know on marathon day when he's he's out on the course I know when I see him for that first time on the day it's going to be quite emotional for me and I, I will find it hard to fight back the tears. Talking of motivation let's be honest training for a marathon is no easy feat What's kept you going? Um, when the times that get tough, when I'm, so for example, if I'm out on a, a really long run and I feel like I, I can't do this, I think back to the reasons why I'm doing it, what got me going in the first place. And and then thinking of all those people that would love to be in my situation, that would love to be out there to be able to, to go and run. And I, I, you know, I, I do it for them. That's, that's incredible. Um, I'm so excited for you, you to see your husband on the day because that moment is going to be so special have you thought about how you're going to celebrate together afterwards I have no idea um usually my, my go-to celebration is pizza so it'll probably be pizza when I get home from my favorite <laughs> restaurant and a, a nice bigger celebratory drink <laughs> I feel like that's the the go-to proceedings of any post-marathon celebration yeah. is a good old greasy pizza yeah. <laughs> you can't beat no. it if there's ever a time to have one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, how have you found the training in general? Because it's it's a big load, you know, physically and mentally yeah. uh, to, to fit it in around work and life. How have you done it? Um, it's been, it's definitely been intense because when I've trained before, I've only ever been training for, for one marathon. So at the moment I'm training for the, the one after each other. So it's it's been a big toll and strain, but it's a case of with training, it's fitting the training plan around my life and not me 
put fitting my life around the training plan so I can tweak it, move it around. But it, it is exhausting. But I have to remember to take those days for me, you know, go and get a massage, you know, sports massage, wake the legs up and have them be my friends again. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. One of the things that people always speak about a lot is the all elusive time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a time in mind or is it just to get through it? Um, I, I've, I've run London a few times and the sub five hours has always eluded me. So that, that would be, even if I came in at four hours, 59 minutes and 59 seconds, that would be a dream come true for me. But I think it's, it's more of enjoying the day and taking in like the, the crowd, the atmosphere. It, it's a feeling like no other. I've, I've run it so many times before, but every time I still get that feeling, it's like it's my first time of running. And it's just, yeah, I just, I just want to enjoy the day. So if I, if I get my, my under five hours, fantastic, but I'd just be happy to get to the finish line. For those that haven't done the London Marathon before, yeah. how would you describe that feeling, that moment when you see the finish line and, you know, the yards, the meters, it's getting closer and closer. What's that feeling like? It's a feeling like no other. When you're coming along, you, you can see Buckingham Palace and, you know, you've just got around the corner into the mall and, and the finish line's in front. You can be in absolute agony. You can be tired and feel like you've got nothing left in the tank. But the moment you go around that corner and you see the finish line, your legs just take on like their own personality and they just you're like I'm running how is this possible again but they just carry you through that finish line and when you go through the the finish line in the arches it's the emotion just kind of hits you again and it's like the the fantastic volunteers giving medals out at the end with the big hugs and everything it's just amazing it's just soak up that experience. With all of your marathon experience for those people that have never run a marathon before or for those people that are maybe even contemplating it for the first time because they've been inspired by your journey, do you have any little tips, tricks or hacks that you have that you utilise on the day? Well, one of the important things, obviously, um, look after your feet. Uh, get yourself properly fit if you're running shoes because that will help avoid any injuries. But on the day itself, when the start klaxon goes off, don't be tempted to get swept up in the moment and go off too fast because you'll you'll find that you'll fatigue and be tired later on it's your race go at a pace that you're happy with you know, your race your pace and if you need to walk throughout the marathon have a walk there's absolutely no shame in walking uh, high five the crowd and definitely get your name printed on your shirt it's fantastic it makes you feel like a celebrity as you're running through and you've got people oh, shouting out your name yes it's like, yes, yes thank you thank you <laughs> yes, it's absolutely brilliant just engage with the crowd and prepare yourself for tower bridge that's 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 my favorite part of that's, the course that's that's the moment right yeah. that's the one that everyone talks about the finish and tower bridge yeah. what makes the tower bridge moment so special it's as before you come round, you've, you've obviously got the crowds and that but as you turn the corner into tower bridge you just get hit by a wall of noise and it it's just that just before the halfway mark it just really lifts you when i when i check like my pace afterwards it's probably one of the quickest that i go it's just you just find yourself getting lifted and the atmosphere and the excitement and the energy. It's, it's literally a feeling like no other. Now, you said not to get carried away at the start. Yeah. How do we feel about getting carried away at the midpoint? Is this an <laughs> acceptable time to uh, press the turbo button on the, the running shoes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there, there are times throughout the course, like with Tower Bridge, that it, it just lifts me and I find myself like quickening up or 
when you see friends yeah. and family it, it, in your subconscious, you know, it's, it's like you want to look good. You want to look like you're running and, and enjoying yourself. But subconsciously, you, your legs just pick you up and you just find yourself going that little bit faster because you're just feeding off the energy and the atmosphere around you. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I feel like maybe you can use these little surge charge opportunities of crowd to just yeah. knock it under that five hours. I reckon that's yeah. the key for you, Maria. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Minimal toilet stops. Yeah. And um, maximum crowd usage. Yeah. Yes. Make sure when you get to the start, you jo- when you dropped your bag off, go and join a toilet queue. And when you've done that, go around and join it again. Oh, I've heard that before. That's yeah. a r- really, really good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll need to go at least a dozen and, times before the start. <laughs> and and don't eat anything new on the day because yeah. that could cause a dodgy tummy and yeah. we don't want to extend those times for no. toilet breaks. No, Let's definitely, be honest. Yeah, definitely nothing new on the day. No, no new food, no new drink. Just stick to what you've been doing in your training. Don't try any new socks, new shoes, anything. Just stick to what you've been trying in training. Stick to what you know. Can you give yeah. us any insight into sort of your normal ritual as it? as it is currently for running the marathon night before into the morning of what are we eating what are we doing for me night before it's, it's always pizza and garlic bread it's it's my it's my ritual it's like pizza is my food triangle so i have that um i try and have an early night try to say because i'll be up early in the morning so I try to go to bed about like eight or nine but you've got that excitement so you're like an excited child going to disneyland so I get up in the morning and then i start my prep i'll have like coffee and I'll either try and have some porridge or a bagel just, just to get like, some carbs in my system and have some, some LucasAid to start building up like, my, my stores. And then so I stay in a hotel quite close to the start. So I get to walk and enjoy the atmosphere in the start, keep sipping on some drinks. I drink to first so I'm not overloading my, my bladder, so avoiding toilet stops. And then I try to get to the start so like about an hour, hour and a half beforehand so I can soak in the atmosphere and it's great chatting to fellow runners because you, you've never met these people, you know, the people in the starting pens before. But on the day, they become your best friends. It's just fantastic. It's yeah. You know, if anyone has ever thought about running a marathon, do it. It's London. It's 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 a marathon like no other. There's there's not a race out there like it. I suppose that's what really is truly so special about sport in general, and especially big events like the London Marathon, is that it brings people together from all different backgrounds, ages, sizes, yeah. and, and it essentially puts you all under one roof. You connect through the power of sport. And, yeah. and that is so, so, so special. Last question. We like to ask everybody what their favorite running song is. But what I want to know is what is the tune that gets you moving on a cold, dark morning? Cold, dark morning. I... It's got to be Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. Because it's, it's just, yeah, it's like, you know, you can, it just reminds you of the, the feeling that you get when you've, when you, you the cold dark mornings, you, you're like, I, I don't want to go out in that. But then you put on a song that invokes a happy memory. And it's like, yeah, I, I, when I get out of there, I am going to be having a good time. I don't want to stop. And it's, yeah, it gets me going. Don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. Are you going to sing with me? I'm no. trying again. Oh, dance, little dance. <laughs> yeah, I'll little dance instead. <laughs> Maria, I want to thank you so much for oh. joining us and a massive, massive good luck to you and all of our runners for the big day. And I really hope that moment with your husband is so special. No, thank you, Amy.
Thank you so much to Maria for joining us. I now have the pleasure of welcoming Professor Sanjay Sinha to the pod. Sanjay Sinha is a BHF Senior Research Fellow and a Professor in Cardiovascular Regenerative Medicine at the University of Cambridge. He is also a consultant in cardiology and he combines his research work with clinical duties at Addenbrooke's Hospital, Cambridge, where he treats patients with a wide variety of cardiovascular diseases. Sanjay, welcome. It's an absolute honour to have you on the podcast. Amy, I'm delighted to uh, be here actually and uh, have the opportunity to speak to you. Firstly, Sanjay, as a scientist, I'm sure you're more used to being slightly out of the spotlight. So how does it feel to suddenly be the centre of attention and to see your name in the media and all across social media? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I quite, I'm very happy to be in the background um, and then let other people take centre stage. So this is uh, it's quite a shock, I'll be quite honest with you. And uh, I don't think I'm sort of quite ready to be honest for the the whole media campaign that's about to launch. How did you feel when the BHF came to you with the Go Sanjay campaign idea, which is a phenomenal way of mobilising public support around your research? I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I'll be completely honest. And I wanted to say that I wasn't entirely happy with the idea of the Go Sanjay campaign. Uh, and the, re- <laughs> the re- Well, the reason is because, um, you know, I thought it focused on me. Well, actually, you know, first of all, I've got a team of 12, 13 scientists that actually, you know, together we're all doing the work. And they're actually the ones who are hands on. And I'm sort of supervising them, managing them and leading it. But beyond that, I mean, you know, we work with people throughout the UK. I'm working with scientists in Oxford, in London, you know, up in Scotland, in Nottingham, to do this whole Many Broken Hearts campaign. I like that. That's a sign of a good human. It's not just me, it's me and my team. And It I really that's... isn't just me, I'll be honest, yeah. <laughs> just to clarify for our listeners, the money that is raised for the BHF from the TCS London Marathon will be funding research into regenerative medicine, like yours, and some of your fellow researchers. Not only this, but you're also embarking on the marathon journey yourself, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the campaign. So um, the BHF came uh, and said, you know, we've been chosen the charity of the year, obviously, for, 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 the, for the London Marathon. How, you know, and we do a lot of work and BHF support uh, people in my lab I think three three out of four people in my lab are funded by the British Heart Foundation. So we owe the British Heart Foundation a lot. So I'm happy to support them, whatever they do. And when they said, how would you like to support us when we're the charity of the year for the British, uh, uh, for the London Marathon? And I, in a moment of madness, I said, well, I'll just run it. Um, and <laughs> I regretted that decision since then. But yeah, so that's how I got involved with it. Have you ever run a marathon before? No, I'm I'm not a, a runner, uh, Amy. I'll be completely honest. I haven't done any regular running for the last twenty years. Um, okay, I mean, like I, 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 you know, I've dodgy knees basically, but I mean, I do keep myself fit. So I usually row. Um, I row with a, a rowing club, and I get on the rowing machine at home and so on. Uh, but I haven't run for twenty years, so this is really quite a challenge oh. for me. 
So how is the training going? We've got to ask. Oh, my goodness. What, what uh, are you up to so far, mileage-wise? Uh, I think that the most I've run is about uh, 20K. So that's just getting on to about a half marathon distance. That was last week. Perfect. Uh, but it really has been a struggle, uh, I'll be honest with you. In, uh, in June, I managed to twist my ankle. So I was oh, no. off for about two or three weeks. And then in July, I got COVID. Wow. Uh, so again, I was off for about 10 days. Brutal. Do you hold on to any elements of the fact that this challenge that you're embarking on is a challenge that, you know, is really positive for your own heart? You spend so much time looking into other people's. Do you see this as an opportunity to nourish your own body? Yeah, uh, that that that's uh, that that is a part of it, and uh, pro- probably haven't thought about that too much. But uh, it's certainly getting me fitter. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling fitter. Um, but and, and I think you know, for me, fitness is important. And, and I always talk about this to patients. I mean, I'm a, a doctor. I see patients as well. Uh, and so part of what I do when I see them is talk about their overall health. You know, how active are they? Um, what sort of what's their diet like things like that so I'm always sort of thinking about that from usually from the perspective of other people actually that's incredible that that is just one of the bonuses of running yeah. a marathon not only the mental high but also um yeah the physical development you get personally from it I'm excited for you Sanjay has the rowing helped at all the sort of cross training yeah the, the rowing's been quite good actually even though I'm, I'm not a brilliant rower I think it has given me a sort of a, a, a base level of fitness that I could then build on nice nice now let's get into the body of regenerative medicine can you tell us in simple terms what your research is about Yeah, so the work that we're doing is all really focused on this BHF campaign, uh, the Mending Broken Hearts. And what we mean by a broken heart is a heart that's damaged, so it doesn't work properly. It doesn't pump efficiently. doesn't pump the blood around the body the way it should do. And what that means is that if you've got a damaged heart, um, you know, and you want to do just, just everyday things like walk upstairs or go for a walk or something, your heart can't manage to pump as much blood as it needs to. And people who have this end up breathless, just unable to do it. Uh, and it's tragic because if you have a heart, and that's what we call heart failure, if you have that, then your life expectancy is reduced and you just can't do the things that you want to. So what we want to do is to try and improve the heart, how the heart functions. Now, the reason most many of these hearts don't function well is because the people have had a heart attack, so they've lost heart muscle. The heart muscle has died. The heart is an organ that can't actually regenerate itself. The idea is that we're going to use stem cells to generate new heart muscle. Now, stem cells are these amazing cell types that can form any cell type in the human body. So they can form brain, skin, liver, whatever. They can form heart muscle. If we give it the right signals, they'll form heart muscles in a dish. So effectively, we have a collagen scaffold. We put our heart cells onto this scaffold and you end up with a beating heart patch in a dish in front of you. And the idea then is that the surgeon would then be able to just stitch that heart patch onto a damaged heart and that would help the heart function normally again. Wild. That, that is just um, mind-boggling stuff. You know, like, that has completely captivated me and blown my brain away that it's even possible to 
create and develop something that advanced. We, we should get you to come in the lab, Amy, and you can have a look at these little sort of beating patches of muscle. You can just see them, they beat away. And it's like, it's a heart, piece of heart muscle, basically, in the dish right in front of you. What do you see as the end goal of the research? Yeah, I, I, what, what I would love to see this sort of is to show that this is actually, first of all, that it works for, for people, that it helps their hearts to function better. Most importantly, that it's a safe way to do it. So safety is completely paramount in what we do. And eventually to have this as a treatment for anybody who has severe heart failure. So they could go into their local hospital, a hospital that has sort of heart surgery facilities, and any heart surgeon could just take a heart patch off the shelf and just apply it, stitch it onto the damaged heart and restore that heart sort of function back to normal. So that, that's, that's the sort of end goal. And do you see this as something that could be made readily available so any patient can benefit in the future? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there are, there are a mil- almost a million people with heart failure just in the UK. And, you know, I mean, not everybody would need a patch, but certainly tens or hundreds of thousands of people in the country would benefit from having this sort of patch. And I th- that's what we see is that we want to see hundreds of thousands of people benefiting from this sort of patch. Uh, and, you know, in the future, um, I think that, that that's where we'll be. That is just so incredible. I'm really excited for you. What motivates you to work in research? So the, 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 there are a couple of things, actually. One is that the, I mean, the science is just fascinating. You know, the fact that we can take stem cells and give them the right instructions, actually get them to turn into heart muscle. That's absolutely amazing. And we can then figure out what the actual signals are, the molecular switches that make these cells form a heart muscle cell as opposed to something else, for instance. So you can really get right down to the level of the cell, the molecule, and say, what's happening? How do we make heart cells? And then you can sort of zoom back out again to how do we build, using these cells, build a heart patch? And how can we then apply that and make it an effective treatment? So, I mean, I think the science is absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm totally captivated by it. Uh, and so that really drives me. But the other thing as well is that, you know, I see patients almost every week who have heart failure. Uh, and I see what they're sort of struggling with and their courage in the face of this devastating illness is very motivating that perhaps if we can do something that might be able to help them. Uh, so that definitely gets me out of bed in the morning. Okay, so that box is very firmly ticked. Now let's switch it around when it comes to motivation for training for this marathon. How on earth have you managed to fit it in given your uh, <laughs> incredibly demanding day job. Yeah, the, 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 the truth is that I'm not always fit, fit all the sessions in. So uh, as I said, there have been a few setbacks in uh, June and July with uh, twisted ankles and COVID, etc. Um, it's a struggle. I'll be completely honest. Uh, I try and get up in the morning bright and early so I can get that done uh, and tick it off. Tick it off. But uh, um, it's, I have missed the occasional session, uh, I'll be honest. Is there worry or do you see an excitement around having this campaign and pressure to kind of egg you on? <laughs> I think, yeah, I, that is a certain amount of pressure, actually, because I think if I, 
what I had envisaged was that I would run the marathon, support the BHF, raise a bit of money, and that would be it. Job done. And then, <laughs> right. And then they came back to me and said, well, we'd like to be the face of the actual campaign, which means that now everyone's going to know that I'm running the marathon and there's no, um, I don't want to let anybody down, obviously. So there's a little bit more pressure. You know what? I'm going to let you into a quote. This is a good one. Tom, this is out of Tom Daly's mouth. Yeah. Pressure and nerves yeah are excitement without breathing. So I reckon if you just breathe, breathe through it, get the tunes in and utilise that pressure, it's going to be the one. <laughs> Brilliant. I like that. Through this process, so training for the marathon, have you learned anything new about yourself? That's really interesting. The, I mean, I was, a, I was completely not athletic when I was at school. Um, you know, you wouldn't know anything about this because you're an Olympian. So, I mean, but I was the guy who always came in last at, when we did cross country at school. I was a terrible runner. I was completely unfit. Uh, I've never been that fit. Um, but what I have learned is that even in the sort of physical arena, which, you know, I'm not an athlete by any, uh, any imagination, if you sort of stick at it and you've got a good plan, then actually you can improve. And, you know, I, I've, I can see myself improving. That's definitely something strong to take away from it. And I, I think one thing that's worth pointing out to our listeners, and I think this is what's so unique about a marathon, it's a totally immersive experience. And I've done the London Marathon. I did it in 2019. And it just doesn't matter how long it takes, whether it takes you two and a half hours, whether it takes you six to seven hours, I think the time is irrelevant. The London Marathon is a global event and you're running behind elite runners. I mean, that's so, so special. And I think that's what's so unique about sport and mass participation is that it doesn't matter how good you are. It is purely about the taking part. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, there's no way I can imagine what it's going to be like. It's going to be far bigger and greater than anything I can imagine, but it's going to be incredible. Uh, I can't wait to get on that start line and start running. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the taking part and it's going to be such a huge event and taking part in that with elite runners at the front. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just mind boggles. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can enter an Olympics, you know, whereas you can enter, you know, the biggest global running event in the world, which is yes. really, really special. We ask all of our guests what their favourite running song is. So, Sanjay, we've had a couple of people sing on this podcast. <laughs> it wasn't easy to get them to sing. Do you have a tune that spurs you on every time you hear it? So, I don't run to music, so I don't really have a running song. But there is a song uh, that does inspire me, which is... Um, now, I'm going to date myself here. This is Gonna Fly Now by Bill Conti. It's a theme song to the original Rocky movie. Oh. And, Jake. you know, it's, it's, it's very cheesy, and it's, uh, but it's, it's quite sort of uplifting and inspirational. If you remember the, where Rocky sort of running along the waterfront, running through yeah. the markets, and he runs up the stairs, and he jumps around at the sort of top. Yeah. Um, is that the... It, da, da, that's it, exactly, da, yes. Da, da, da. <laughs> Go Sanjay. There he is. He's on the mall. It's the <laughs> home straight. <laughs> yes. That that that's got, song is going to be going through my head as I come through at the end. It's very inspiring. 
For those people that have tuned into this podcast that are interested in supporting the campaign further, what's the best way that people can get involved? How can they find out more about you and get behind you on your specific marathon journey? Yeah, so there's a, a Just Giving link on the BHF uh, webpage for this and they can uh, support support my run by just clicking on that and, and going to the Just Giving page. Nice one. Well, we will be behind you every single step of the way for this incredible cause. Um, I want to say a massive thank you for your time today, Sanjay. And I have to say, I'm going to finish it by saying, go Sanjay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Amy. Really appreciate it. The British Heart Foundation is proud to be the official charity for the 2022 TCS London Marathon. We're raising money to fund one of the most exciting and promising fields of research today, regenerative medicine. BHF-funded researchers are edging closer to turning healing hearts into a reality. Researchers like Professor Sanjay Sinha and his team are creating a groundbreaking heart healing patch that could repair damaged heart muscle and transform the lives of those affected by heart failure, restoring hearts to their former glory and helping to save lives of millions globally. But Sanjay and his team can't do it without your help. The BHF are asking the nation to rally behind Sanjay through fundraising, donations and support on the day of the marathon to help get groundbreaking research like Sanjay's over the line even faster. If you would like to donate to Sanjay's research and help get the Healing Heart Patch over the line, then please, please visit bhf.org.uk forward slash heart patch. Every donation, big or small, is much appreciated and if you would like more info on training fundraising tips or nutrition please visit bhf.org.uk forward slash london marathon 2022 for more inspiring stories from our high profile supporters and from our patient community please listen and follow the ticker tapes on the bhf website or wherever you get your podcasts and to everyone listening thank you for joining us.